Have you ever wondered, really pondered, what the will of God and purpose of God is for your life? Well, Paul gives us some very clear direction for that as Christians. To the church at Thessalonica, he wrote, The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you is to give thanks in everything. Not for everything, but in everything to give thanks. You see, Thanksgiving is not just a momentary emotion of gratitude. Thanksgiving is actually thanksgiving. It's a way of being oriented toward the abundance and the overflow of God's providence. In his letter to the Church of Colossae, we'll see today in our text, Paul encourages Christians to understand that thanksgiving is to live in the overflow of who Christ is and what he's done for us. You see, it's not really about what we have that makes thanksgiving. It's who we're thankful for. And that places our lives of gratitude clearly not in our circumstance, but in His providence. Are you ready to embark on that adventure of thanks living? Yeah, thank you, friend, for joining Arlington United. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. It's an amazing phrase. You have received Christ the Lord. And you know, if I got a check for a million dollars last week and it didn't bounce, Jay, you would already know about it. Because if I received that, I'd be telling everybody. Preston's going to tell nobody because he wants to make sure he doesn't have any new friends that are fake friends. I get it. I understand it. You see my point, though. We'd be excited about a gift. Paul says, you have received Christ. Walk in him. If you've received him, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Lord, we pray today that we would learn to be people of thanks, that we would have gratitude, that we would express gratitude, and that thanksgiving would mark our lives, not just as a day on a calendar, but as a way of approaching you and our lives that gives us more access to your life and that abundantly. In the name of Jesus. The church said amen. Thanks living. Thanks living. It's not a typo. It's a way of approaching life that really makes sense. Last month, we completed a series of four sermons on one topic. Does anybody remember what our topic was last week? Last month. Four sermons. Please, somebody. Great, 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 great. I'm not on, you're, you're not on trial as students. I'm on trial as a teacher there, but thank you. We talked about the kingdom of God. Our concluding message last week was on a kingdom accounting. We talked about workaday wages, canceled debt, and invested talents. Each of the stories only makes sense in light of Jesus' admonition that receiving the kingdom enables to bring forth both old and new treasures, Matthew 13 and 52. 
We had this treasure, Paul said, in earthen vessels. What is the treasure? The treasure is Christ. The treasure is the kingdom of heaven. The treasure is what God gives to us. And we have it in earthen vessels. Brother Billy, our treasure is hid in these human bodies. Now, well, it's not always obvious just how valuable each of us is. But let me tell you, Shri, if you have the treasure of God within you, it's an awesome thing. We saw it today in our meditation scripture. All our needs are supplied by God according to his riches in Christ Jesus. We heard it in our study of the book of James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes where? It comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. My point today is this. We are not the source of what is good and what is valuable in our lives. God is the source of what is good and what is valuable. Baptist Memorial Healthcare may be a wonderful channel, Candace and Caitlin, but it is not a source. I see you cheering back there. Y'all know I'm on a Methodist contract, so I got to mention them too. You know, it, Baptist, oh, sorry, Jay. It may be a great channel, but it's not your source. Your source of financial security is not your W-2. It is the Lord. Our source of peace and well-being is not some meditation. It is God. Our source of health is, listen, do the right diet. Do the right exercise. But you can do all of those things and you're one doctor visit away from disaster. It's great to do those things in good stewardship. It's wonderful to do those. But our source of health is none other than Christ Himself. Paul said it this way, in Him we live and move and breathe and we have our being. Everything that we value comes from the Lord. With that in mind, I want to make a statement today. And I want you to hear me loud and clearly. We are designed to live Listen to me, not from a place of scarcity, but from a place of abundance. We are designed to live out of abundance and not scarcity. When we live from a mindset of scarcity, we don't give. Remember that person who's pinching the nickel so hard because they got to hang on to everything, got to be so conserved, got to make sure that they're saving for a rainy day. And yes, it's good to have resources. That's awesome. But the reason that we have a blessing is to be a blessing. I'm not talking about squandering on our own desires. But there comes a time when it's good to give to needy and worthy causes because we don't have scarcity, we have abundance. When we live from a mindset of scarcity, not only do we not give, we don't forgive. Because if I have a scarcity of self-worth, I can't afford to forgive you if you offend me because I need to keep a record of every wrong. Scarcity leads you not only to pinch pennies, it leads you to squash souls. And you don't forgive as well as not giving. I tell you what, I'm so happy today because I'm surrounded by a group of people that live in abundance of giving. I can look every Sunday, I mean... <laughs> The offering was great last Sunday, and we forgot to receive it. That's how giving our people are. You guys are faithful in your giving, but we also need to be faithful in our forgiving, don't we? 
Wouldn't it be ludicrous to sign the check, but to keep everybody else hostage by unforgiveness? Let's be not only givers, but forgivers. When we live from a mindset of scarcity, we don't forbear. It's one thing to forgive you, Candace, if you lose your temper and scream at me and yell and all of that. That's forgiving because it's an actual sin if you lost your temper and railed on me and everything. But what about just forbearing you? What about dealing with your personality? What about you dealing with mine? Sometimes we would forgive sin because we're that righteous. Because we know we kind of get, you know, you get smoked for not forgiving, right? But what about forbearing with one another? What about really loving each other as the Lord made us? I'm not talking about excusing things that shouldn't be excused, but I'm talking about some talk more than others. Some listen more than others. Some are talented in one area. Some are talented in another. Some really like sports and others really like shopping and others really like computer programming and others like are really handy and others are not so handy. What about forbearing one another in love? When you work from a mindset of scarcity, you can't afford to deal with anybody else's quirks because you don't have enough yourself of value to give value to others. I want to be rich today. Not, you know, it'd be nice to have a full bank account, but that's not really where I want to be rich. I want to be rich in value. I want to have so much sense of value, Caitlin, that God has given me that I can afford to value you. That I can give value away to those that God has placed in His body. Talking about thanks living. When we live in a mindset of scarcity, we don't not only, we don't forbear, but we also don't care. Everybody talks about the national deficit. $26 trillion, is that what it's up to now? Something like that? Mark, brother accountant, can you help us out? I mean, my Lord, I, I don't even know how we would begin to pay it. Twenty-six trillion, But that is not the worst deficit our country has. The worst deficit our country has is a deficit of compassion. Don't have compassion. Because people are not living out of an abundance of love because their love of God has not been shed abroad in their hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Security and happiness, abundance, don't come from a governmental system. The lie of secular socialism is that the government of man can give you security and happiness by distributing wealth with equity. The lie of consumerist capitalism is that you can gain security and happiness by getting things through your own effort. Both systems are telling you a tale. It's not really true. The real truth is, the kingdom of God turns both of those lies on their head and invites us to embrace reality that security and happiness are gained by trusting in the Lord to be our provider, our redeemer, and our sustainer. I am so happy today that Washington and Nashville and Shelby County are not my source. I thank God for people that are in government that try to do a good job. And for those that don't seem to be a good, doing a good job or whatever, I'm, in, I'm encouraged to pray for them. I'm commanded to pray for them and to love them, not rail on them. I'm not here to, to down government, but what I'm here to do is to put it in its place, which is not our provider. God is our source. I'm so thankful that my job is not my source today. I'm so thankful that I have a source that is higher than any of those. Do you know who that source today is? Do you know his name? Have you talked to him this week? I'm so thankful that I can live from a place of abundance. Not because of what I have, but because of what my God has. Colossians 2 and 7, 
places thanksgiving in the realm of God's overflow. Paul says, I would that you would abound with thanksgiving. The, the word here, abound, is, is it's a word picture of being so full that you can't move without sloshing over. I, I made an error today. I, I made two errors with my coffee and they compounded each other. The first error was, I put, I put my creamer in before I put the, the coffee in, and I got it a little too sweet, and I didn't like it. Now, those of you who like your coffee black, you're probably just making fun of me anyway, but when I got the coffee, it, was, it had too much in it, and I tasted it, and it was too sweet. Scott, I thought, I know how to fix this, and so I got my Keurig thing again, and I put it back there, and I, and I, I calculated how much I would need to fill the cup up, and I put it in, and you know what happened. It started dripping, and I thought, it'll finish, it'll finish. And it got closer and closer to the brim. It'll finish, it'll finish. Caitlin, you're smiling because you know, right? It got to the very top, and you know how water is. It kind of just was, it was convex shaved, shaped, and I thought, oh, oh, maybe, maybe it'll stop. No. And it sloshed over into that little pan. I thought, now I've got a mess to clean up. So I started going to get towels, and I got that cleaned up. And then I thought, how do I drink this so I can carry it? And every time I moved, what happened? It overflowed. And then, you know, and you burn your lips and your tongue and everything. So it's, it was a problem. That's pretty funny, isn't it, Willie? Next time you think I know what I'm doing, you just picture that, that deal right there with that coffee. That's the image that God, that God gives to our lives through his apostle Paul in this text. He said that when you are in Christ, you should overflow with thanksgiving. There ought to be so much gratitude in your life. There ought to be so much thanksgiving in your life that even if somebody puts you on the spot and says, have a testimony, there's something that comes out of you that's thankful. When somebody catches you, or even when you move through life, the thanksgiving that's in your life ought to overflow. It should not take you any time at all if someone says, what are you thankful for today? Shree, you ought to be able to pull that mask down and say, let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you how good he's been to me. Let me tell you about the good things he's put in my life because we ought to be as full as that coffee mug was today. We ought to be so full of the goodness of God that every time we move in somebody's presence, some of the overflow ought to get on to them. You ought, you, ought to be, you ought to be dripping Thanksgiving behind you. Everywhere I walked, you could tell where I walked with that coffee cup. I, it was like Hansel and Gretel with breadcrumbs. I left drips of coffee across the floor as I moved. There ought to be signs of where you have been because gratitude marks your path. Paul said, I want you to abound. I want you to overflow with Thanksgiving. Is that a picture of you today? Is that how you live today? Are you thanks living? Are you thanks living in your life? Are you thankful enough that when people are around you, the abiding impression that they get is, man, God must be good because he has been good to them. I'm not talking about bragging. I'm not talking about, oh, last week I got, you know. That's not what I'm talking You understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true glory that goes to God and gratitude that reflects on his goodness. How many want to be more thankful? Thanksgiving is important because it reorients us toward the abundance that is found in the care of our Father. When we focus on problems and our resources, we come up with worry. 
But when we focus on situations as under God's sovereignty and His providence, we come up with thanksgiving. So if you're anxious and worried today, and I don't minimize those emotions and those realities because I have them too. I'm not, I'm not railing on somebody because of anxiety or concern today. But I would encourage you, just as I encourage me, it would be good to lift those circumstances to the Lord in light of His faithfulness in the past. Before we get out of been out of shape with anxiety toward tomorrow, it would be good, Brother Stedham, if we took a look back at what the Lord has done in our lives. And if we interpreted present reality in terms of past faithfulness, I believe that thanks living could help us to understand that if God was faithful yesterday, He's going to be faithful today. And if He's faithful today, Today, he's going to be faithful tomorrow. And if God is on my side, the Bible says, who can be against me? Amen. The difference between scarcity and abundance is found not in possession, but in appreciation. That's how to determine if you're rich today. You're rich if you value what you have. You're poor if you don't appreciate what's been given to you. I, I don't know how much interest Bill Gates will gain during these 25 minutes of expository speaking today. But he's so wealthy, it would be a very large amount. But if Mr. Gates doesn't appreciate what he has, he's not a rich man. I, I personally think he must. He gives away so much of it. He, he seems to have a great attitude, and I praise God for that. I use him as an illustration because everybody knows who he is. The point today is it's not what we have, but who we think that determines if we have true wealth. I've made a determination today that if my account is in the black, or if my account is in the red. That if my health is rude and wonderful, or if my health is failing. If my family is prospering, or if my family is not prospering. I've made a determination today that if my reputation is great, or my reputation is bunk, I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm still going to be faithful to Him because He has been faithful to me. I'm going to appreciate what He has given me because I'm going to live with thanksgiving. The foundation of thanksgiving is not circumstance, but providence. We're not thankful because of what is happening, but because of what God is doing and who He is. For a Christian, thanksgiving is thanks living. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, Paul commands us again, not only to overflow with thanksgiving, as he did in Colossians, but Mary, he says here, in everything give thanks, for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I was hoping Harrison would be here today. I'll hit him with this later, but I know Harrison's making some decisions in his life and we often search for the will of God about decisions. And should I go to this school or that school? Or should I train this way or train that way? We, we all think, and, and that's good to pray for the will of God, but I can without fail tell every one of you what is the will of God for your life. I, I mean, it's just like better than that eight ball that says maybe, you know, or whatever. I can tell you the will of God for your life because the Bible plainly states what it is. It is to give thanks in everything. That is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's in this book in black and white. It is God's will for us to live in thanksgiving. 
I'm not talking about, I learned a new phrase this week, toxic positivity. I learned a new phrase. Didn't know that phrase, toxic positivity. I think I know what it is. It's bumper sticker wisdom. It's refrigerator magnet theology. It's, it's, it's Job's friends that have all the answers when you're going through all the trouble. And you want to you wanna tell them, hey, this is what I'm going through, but before the words ever finish out of your mouth, they got the answer for you. Well, just, just give thanks for it. You know, it's going to be okay. And all those things may be true in terms of it's going to be okay. But sometimes when we're speaking to one another, let's be... Um, Let's be kind and listen. How about that? Y'all do that? If I've got trouble, Evan, will, will you not start hollering in tongues and speaking and interpreting while I'm halfway through telling you what's wrong? Will you just give me a little minute? Will you give me a minute to vent? Because sometimes our comfort as a listener can be more important than their experience as a sufferer. And it's good to sit with the suffering and to listen. That's what Jesus did. And it's good to, to then give wise counsel, but, you know, we probably ought to do a lot of both. <laughs> but some people got all counsel, you know. That, this is what I read this week, toxic positivity. That's not what Thanksgiving is. Listen to what Paul said. He didn't say for everything give thanks. That, that would be stupid. He says in everything give thanks. There are some things that happen that are just bad. Some people will say to you, everything happens for a reason. Well, sometimes the reason is somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Sometimes the reason is life just happens and it's not great. Now, God can bring good out of it, and He does, but sometimes things are just bad where they are. So Thanksgiving is not about ignoring reality. Thanksgiving is about plugging into the reality that in every situation, my God is sovereign, and I can give thanks for what He is doing in my life no matter what else is going on. On. I feel like just doing it right now. Could somebody just lift some thanks to the Lord and thank Him for who He is? Thank Him for being faithful to you in the past. Thank Him for loving you. Thank Him for helping you. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him for your home. Thank Him for food. Thank Him for friendship. Thank Him for this church. Thank Him for something right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In every situation, there's always a righteous choice to be made, and there's always a righteous attitude to have. Poster child for this reality, Rebecca, Daniel. He was a prince, but his story didn't go the Disney way. He was a prince, and then he got taken to the palace, but he was a prisoner. He was in exile. But in the middle of all of that, the Bible says that Daniel had an excellent spirit. Listen carefully to me today. You cannot control your circumstance. If you think you can control your circumstance... There's medication for that. Because you're not in touch with reality. But you can control your spirit. You can control through the power of the Holy Spirit what kind of attitude you have and what kind of spirit you present to this world. Daniel's spirit was so excellent that they put him in charge of the kingdom right underneath the king. That king's complete empire fell to the ground. And the Medes and the Persians took over. And guess who got placed in charge of the new kingdom? Daniel. Because circumstance can never trump providence if you allow your spirit to be subject to the Almighty God. Thanks living works. 
thanks living works. Did you hear Mark's testimony today? He could have had a terrible attitude. He could have acted out. He could have been part of the conspiracy and, and all these things. He could have made foolish decisions, but he was just faithful and God allowed him to be promoted and blessed through a negative circumstance because God had his hand on him. The enemy, the enemy doesn't want you to believe that. He, he doesn't want you living in God's abundance. He wants you to live in your scarcity. But we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 says, the enemy's devices include unforgiveness and ingratitude, and they are linked. I'm not going to read them today, but in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, there's a list of how the last days will go. And there are 19 categories of people in there. 19. And there's those that love their own flesh, and there's the boastful, and there's the arrogant, and the prideful, and those who don't have natural affection. And it's a laundry list, and it's bad. It's bad. But in the middle of all that list, not going to read it all. You can do it for homework. Right in the middle of that list of horrid sins that we would blanch and would, oh, we would be, you know, front page news. Those kinds of sins. Right in the middle of that, Paul said, unthankful. Now, most of us have enough religious, um, I don't know, desire that we wouldn't want to be part of that laundry list of terrible sins. I'm using air quotes here. But how many of us have been unthankful? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll just raise mine for you. How many of us have been unthankful? Boastful, prideful, lovers of don't have natural affections, regulars, all this terrible stuff. And God lists unthankfulness, Brother Scott, right in the middle. Why? Because when I'm unthankful, with my mouth and my mind and my heart, I make the assumption that I deserve more than I'm getting. And once you decide that you deserve more than you're getting from God, that is a dangerous place to be in. It's never good to be unthankful. Oh, there's a blessing in gratitude. We'll talk about it next week. There's a power in gratitude. It will heal you if you are thankful. I will tell you today, I will prophesy to you today, thankfulness leads to healing. You want me to show it to you? There were 10 lepers. They all got a miracle, but one was made completely whole, not because he prayed more, not because he fasted more, not because he had more faith, not because he went to a bigger church or a smaller church, not because he was Pentecostal or not because he was Baptist. They didn't even know what those things were in those days. It was because he was Thankful. I will tell you something right now that even when God touches you, your attitude and your response determines how far He can take you in the wholeness journey. I want to be thankful. Would you stand with me today? I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful. You want to be thankful? It's not a rhetorical question. Do you want to be thankful? I bet you won't eat at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's don't be Thanksgiving only Christians. Let's don't just be thankful when the football's on and the turkey has put you in a food coma. Let's be all the year Christians. Let's do thanks living together. Let's be thankful. 
Ingratitude. Ingratitude. The, the problem with ingratitude is it sets ourselves up as an idol that says, I deserve more. But that's not the way we're going to live our lives. We're, we're going to be people of thanks living. I want the benefits of gratitude in my life. I want to live in the overflow. I don't want to live as a miser, financially, emotionally, spiritually, constrained by the relative paucity of my resources, the scarcity of my ability to provide for myself, for others, for my community. I want to live in the overflow of God's providence, of what He has done in Christ for us. I want to live with gratitude. I want to open my hand. I want to open my heart. I want to open my mouth and let out the thanksgiving that produces thanks living. What about you? What are you thankful for today? Who can you share that with? Who might you give a testimony to in terms of what you're thankful for and who gave it to you? The father of lights that gives all good gifts. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United. Thank you.